0: Solo. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter.
1: Communications disruption can mean only one thing.
0: This is Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome, everyone, to episode 66 of Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. I am Peter Viox, and I am so. Super excited that you are here with me on this fine Star Wars day. Episode 66 only happens once a podcast, so we gotta go with that novelty Order 66 today. And it's funny how that works out, because among other things, I'll be talking a bit about Order 66 and what it had to do with Season 7 of Clone Wars, because yes! I finally saw it! And it was a roller coaster of emotions that I honestly don't think anyone would have been able to tell at the time because I was mute after that finale. Honestly, mute. Uh, So much was going through my head that I'm glad that I had a few days to kind of let it all settle in. So if you haven't seen the final 12 episodes of Clone Wars, a good chunk of this episode might not be for you. But as always, I'll be giving plenty of spoiler warnings. But... Before that, I'd like to kind of tell you guys a quick little story. Um, Every great once in a while, something happens either in the world of news or in our community's lives that really just makes you go, What the f***? Like, remember the last time that we had this segment and it was all about Kanye West mass-building homes for the needy based on the Lars homestead? Right. Well, I got something else that was just brought to my attention. And guys, I don't know how else to say this, but... I think force lightning is real. Now, now, okay, okay. Now, hold on. I'm not just talking about lightning here. I'm talking about force lightning. Like, you all know what that looks like. Okay, so let me tell my story. Now, most of you know where I live. I'm here in central Kentucky where everyone knows that bourbon is king. So when we're dealing with a pandemic and there's a shortage of hand sanitizer, the brilliant minds at our wonderful distilleries got straight to work at distilling their own hand sanitizer. And boy, (laughs) does it work great. And there's plenty of it to go around. Small to big businesses alike are utilizing this stuff. My wife's company purchased some, and she said that it smells like straight bourbon. If you ask me, that's pretty awesome. Well, when I got back to work in the heart of the bluegrass... My place of business has also supplied us with this hand sanitizer from a local distillery. And hoo-wee! It smells like straight corn whiskey, guys, I'm telling you. But it works, and we're grateful. I wonder, have any of you connected the dots as to why I'm telling you this story yet? Well, we got pulled off of the assembly line at a random time yesterday for an emergency meeting. See, there had been a safety alert. Now, the dark side of this story is that someone got hurt, so I hate to make light of that, but I gotta tell you guys, it turns out that this stuff was so potent and so damn flammable that after someone used it, they walked to one of their metal lockers and Force lightning. force lightning! There was a static shock simply from the man's hand coming in close contact with metal locker. And the force arced straight out of his hand with such force that it ignited the still slightly wet whiskey hand sanitizer and caught his hand on fire. Seriously, what the fuck? So guys, force lightning is not to be taken lightly. We've all seen the destructive power when it's used, so please be very careful out there and to fully let your Kentucky hand sanitizer dry before coming into close proximity to any piece of metal. And that is your public service <laughs> announcement for the day. I seriously can't believe it, but it's 100% true. I saw the pictures. Now, moving on. This has been a really awesome week for Star Wars. Star Wars. Uh, Lots of us have been celebrating some huge releases, even last week when we celebrated the 18th anniversary of Attack of the Clones. So let's see what this week has in store for us. It's time for... This Day in Star Wars History! In this week, we're going to be covering May 17th through the 23rd. Let's start off with May 17th, 2017. Rogue One, a Star Wars story wins for Movie of the Year at the MTV Movie and TV Awards. May the 18th, 1978. Star Wars opens for the first time in Singapore. May the 19th, 1999. Star Wars Episode I, The Phantom Menace is released and ultimately grosses $431,088. 1,301. That is $922 million worldwide in its initial release. So, it's the 21st anniversary of Episode One, The Phantom Menace, and it's also the 15th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith. May the 20th, 1982. Principal photography for Return of the Jedi wraps on schedule and on budget with the speeder bike scene in California. May 21st, 1980, The Empire Strikes Back begins its 70mm release in 127 U.S. theaters and breaks 125 house records, grossing $209,398,025 in the U.S., its total domestic gross would ultimately reach $290,475,067. May 22nd, 2014. Gareth Edwards and Gary Whitta are announced as director and screenwriter, respectively, for a Star Wars standalone film to be released in December 16th, 2016. May 23rd, 1987. The first Lucasfilm-sanctioned Star Wars convention launches a three-day event celebrating Star Wars' 10th anniversary. Now that is something I wish that I was a part of. Oh, man. I've been going to conventions... I think my first convention was in 2005. So 15 years I've been going to conventions and and celebrations and the like. And I, I don't know, man. I just feel like some of the classic ones probably had this really special feel about them more of a a special community feel you know you, it's not like the Lexington Comic and Toy Convention where you got 40,000 people packed into a venue or maybe it was i don't know i'm going to look a little more into this uh this first 10 years celebration that's pretty damn cool i did not know that one so plenty of reasons to celebrate on this Star Wars day I know every day is Star Wars Day, but sometimes it's absolutely clear what kind of celebrating to do. So after I'm done recording, I'm going to go upstairs, make a delicious sandwich, stir up a Kentucky Coke, and watch one of my favorite Star Wars movies of all, The Phantom Menace. Now, we started off this episode saying that we were going to be talking about some Clone Wars Season 7, and that's absolutely right. Um, I've got a bit of a surprise for you guys, actually. Seeing as how we finished up the final arc of Clone Wars just a couple of days ago, Eden and I decided to go ahead and record our initial reaction this past Sunday, and I've got it ready to queue up for today's episode. And honestly, guys, for, for 30 minutes, I was just pacing around the house until I went to go lay down in the bedroom, and I was just staring at the figures on the wall. I didn't really know what to think but Eden helped me figure some things out and we got to chat about that as well as a little bit of some more child merchandise that came our way. So your spoiler warning is expiring because it's time for us to get into the meat and potatoes of our initial thoughts of the finale. Transmission incoming. and droids. Please allow me to introduce the one, the only, Miss Eden Gray.
1: Hi, I'm happy to be back chatting Star Wars.
0: How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. It's Sunday. I'm just chilling. I'm sleepy. I'm lazy. It's it's what I need.
0: It's a good kind of Star Wars day, is what you're trying to say.
1: We yeah, we finished watching Clone Wars today.
0: Yeah, I know. In fact, we just finished washing it within the last 30 minutes, and I know we're a little bit late on all of this, but but guys, we, we had to sit down and... Uh we we decided that we are going to be recording our initial reaction to it. Uh-huh. But before we do that, you got a couple of little boxes there similar to something that happened last week. What, what do you got there?
1: We got another package from Target, and this time there was more Yoda Baby merch in it, of course.
0: What do you got there in your hands? You got two things.
1: I've got two things. They are two of the same thing, once again, because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm married to you and we're collectors.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So I had to get two so we can open one. Um, it's the child Black Series figure, one of them. Which is ridiculous because his box is like four inches tall, maybe. And like one inch wide. It is, it's absolutely minuscule. And there's, there's our child standing in his lovely little robe. And he's got some accessories. <laughs> We've got... A frog thing and a cup, a little brown wooden cup, and the little steel ball accessory from the the Razor Crest that he likes to play with.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, What this box, and you're handing this to me now, what this box, the size of this box reminds me of is, do you remember the Black Series version of the Porgs?
1: Oh, yeah. It's the same. It's just like that. Did we ever get one of those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah we
0: got two. Just like this. <laughs> it is the same size. Don't play me yeah. out. You know, you know how many we got. <laughs> so, yeah, this thing is pretty cool. Um, I was just upstairs looking at our Black Series Mandalorian or Din jaren if you want to call him that. Whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. I still call him Mando from time to time. It's yeah. Just, it's just, it is what it is. And this thing is like, he, he wouldn't even stand up like a boot to him. No. <laughs> yeah. So it's really interesting. And you know what's funny is last week you said you canceled those, so I'm glad they showed up
1: uh you, me too i there were other variations that I did cancel that I did not like okay. as much as these, so okay um I love them.
0: you know we actually hopped on that child slash baby Yoda train once more, and we went ahead and pre-ordered some more merch some, Yoda uh, Yoda baby once we saw those uh those pops. The pre-order for the Pops from Target and Walmart exclusive. The
1: one with the frog in his mouth.
0: The one with the frog in his mouth. Is that
1: the one we got?
0: We got two of those.
1: (laughs) We got, okay, we got one as a gift? No, we got one with, we got a different one. We got two for us. Okay, good.
0: And then we got three of the one with the cup, because one of those is a gift, and once again, two for us.
1: (laughs) There's two of us after all. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And Definitely. and then there was another one, Um, and it's basically him looking concerned. Mm-hmm. And that, I believe, is the Target exclusive. And on top of that, I'm a little bit pissed because there's one more that I cannot get my hands on because it is out of stock. Hmm. And it is the concentrating child.
1: The force-wielding.
0: Force-wielding child. Hmm. So... If you're listening to this, Mike, if you find one, this is my (laughs) brother who owns the comic book store. If anyone trades one in, you know somebody that's looking for one. Um, I believe
1: we also have one more item of of Yoda Baby merch on order that has not yet shipped.
0: Oh, yeah. And if it it is what I think it is, it's probably relative to the song that we had to play on the last episode. Yes. The Big Ten Inch. Baby yes. Yoda.
1: Yes, it is still on order. It is still in limbo. Uh, they have not arrived anywhere yet. Soon and to be
0: on my mantle.
1: Yes, <laughs> well, he's going to sit up there on the mantle for probably ever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's exciting. Uh, Baby Yoda merch is still prime. It's still on our minds. Um, is there anything? Because okay, there there are some bits of Baby Yoda merchandise out there that, if you ask me, look kind of fuddy duddy like some of the dolls. Fuddy duddy. Fuddy duddy. You know what I'm trying to say? Like you look at something and it just ain't ain't right. It looks a little oh, stupid. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean Fuddy duddy. <laughs> I'd say at least half
1: of the child merch has that kind of look because it's so impossible to recreate his absolute perfection in a in a you know, in a figure or in a doll or in a toy. It's it's difficult. Like yeah. it's like trying to get a figure that exactly looks like Ray, like You get pretty close, and they're very small figures, so it works. But there's a lot of child merch that's quite large and almost life size, and you just cannot recreate that in plastic. You just can't.
0: Right, right. Uh, I got to say that the Baby Yoda pops, however, are quite good. They're quite good, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty excited about that, and uh, that's put another smile on my face. This, uh,
1: this black series, I mean, it's like an inch tall, is the most accurate that I've seen. Which, of course it is. It's a black series. They always create the most accurate things. Um, But this looks the most like him out of any of the merch that I've seen. I'll agree with that. That face is perfect.
0: We'll agree. But it's tiny also. We going to open one of those?
1: Uh, Eventually. I'm not ready.
0: Yeah, I'm not ready either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. I'm just not.
0: (laughs) Agreed 100%. So we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the child slash baby Yoda slash Yoda baby merchandise. Um because it puts a smile on our face. And you know what? I've been in a somber mood since we watched the Clone Wars finale. Mm-hmm. And I know, like I said, we were a little bit late to this party. And um, I want to give a final spoiler warning to our listeners out there. Uh, we are going to be giving our initial reaction to the series as a whole, or the the season as a whole, season seven. And um, I think we're not going to be sitting here just going going through it Episode by episode, we're just kind of no. give give general idea of how we're feeling about stuff, and um, yeah, you you have been warned. So what what do you think, Eden? Walking away from watching those last four episodes of the Clone Wars finale, part one through four. What are your thoughts? What's going through your mind? Because I haven't heard you talking much either.
1: Oh, it was really hard to put together in my head put words together to talk about it it's just really it's it's a challenge
0: words are hard right now
1: yeah um the first few episodes the were were pretty great they were very clone wars i really enjoyed them um
0: and you're talking about the final arc or are you talking no, about the first arc the
1: first arc i
0: see so with with a bad batch yeah yeah
1: i like those guys i didn't think i would um but they're great yeah
0: they were a lot of fun. Um, I think my initial reaction to that arc was that it was kind of um, kind of hokey sometimes.
1: But it's so delightful. Yeah. Like, that's so Clone Wars.
0: It is. It is. It, it was fun and it mm-hmm. was a good story, um, especially once we got to the the stuff about Echo.
1: It was so sad. It was devastating. Every single time they showed him on the screen, I was devastated. Yeah. I'm so glad he found a little, a little weird home for himself.
0: He kind of reminded me of Neo when he finally woke up in the minefields in the Matrix, yeah. And he had all those wires and stuff popped out of him, yeah. His little battery shell, everything, Ugh. and that was the same thing. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was terrible. In fact, there is not much about this season that was happy. Um, no. Yeah, in, in my personal opinion, um, do you have any more thoughts about? uh about that arc before we move on to the next one?
1: Nope. That was a great arc. I thought it was very Clone Wars, very appropriate. I liked it. I would watch it again.
0: Yeah, and there are definitely more watches in our immediate future, I'm sure. I'm sure after this, I'll probably want to go upstairs and pop it in there. I don't know. It's The the herd is still too near. I don't know. I might need I might need some time to really just sit, <laughs> let this sink in.
1: Yeah, I feel like I could watch the first arc, the the Bad Batch stuff again anytime, and that would be fun. Um, I don't feel that way about the 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 Martez sisters uh, yeah. episodes. I don't really want to watch those again. It was okay.
0: It was. It, it also felt like it was just okay. Like I think I want to go ahead and give a preface here and say that the first two arcs were great. They were good. You know, they were they were excellent Clone Wars. But they weren't fantastic, mind-blowing, most epic moments of Clone Wars that we would probably have to um, slap that title on the final arc.
1: Right, but which is fine. I mean, you can't have an entire season be the best ever. No. Like, you just... That wouldn't be right for Clone Wars. There's so much of it... But it ended spectacularly and a lot like Rebels, I thought. So my first thought was um, that last episode in particular, Victory and Death, um, it just looked a lot like Rebels at the end. There's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot of sweeping landscapes with no dialogue. There was a lot of... um, Really not sure what the hell is going on, but it sure looks pretty and definitely means something related to the force. And, you know, Dave Filoni's got all these little symbols hidden all over the screen that means something else related to the force. And there's, there's a lot to figure out, but you can also just take it in without even thinking about any of that. Um, yeah. So that, That's how I felt about it.
0: It was interesting. The tone really shifted in the final two episodes, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of that had to do with the score. Mm-hmm. Um, it became very ir- You know, did you ever watch the show Heroes with the mm-hmm. throat singing in no. it? No. Um, it that soundtrack. It reminded me a lot of the first show, the first uh, series of Heroes. Just that soundtrack. It was very ominous, somber, and long ambient tones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Kevin Kiner just
1: deserves an award. Like he should be nominated for some shit. Yeah. If he's not, then it, somebody's somebody's screwing up.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, and I was sitting there thinking, like, I've got some of the Clone Wars uh, downloaded in into my phone, and I mean the the uh, soundtrack downloaded into my mm-hmm. phone. That it comes on in my car every time that I get in there, and this is what I want to be coming on in my car. <laughs> right, the
1: Stephen season, season seven soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I want to listen to it on repeat. Definitely.
0: Yes, one hundred percent agree um and you were talking about the long sweeping landscapes
1: weren't the backgrounds incredible like it was like someone dutifully hand painted every scene every landscape and they digitized it it was beautiful
0: it certainly evoked the times of of painted backgrounds you know mm-hmm. like like the uh director's cuts of of uh star trek the motion pictures and stuff like that and and i keep bringing that up only because i've been watching the behind the scenes recently of that stuff but that was all the ending
1: scenes of uh mandalorian yes the credit scenes yeah the concept art yes yeah
0: yeah agreed 100 percent. and you know a lot of that imagery was telling the story and you know one thing that i like to do at the end of each episode is sit there and look at everyone that um was a voice actor contributed their voice in some form or another to the episode. And I, I think that it's remarkable and kind of goes hand in hand with what you were just talking about with the fourth episode, because there were only four voice actors in that font, that finale.
1: Mm-hmm. And that included Dave Filoni as cheap. The droid. Yeah. Which is fantastic.
0: Yeah. Cheap. The Poor droid. Cheap.
1: Poor droids.
0: Ashley Eckstein is as a Tano. Sam Witwer and his, incredible performance as always mm-hmm. with Maul and d bradley baker mm-hmm. equally incredible performance especially this time around we've always we've always just just Jonesed on d bradley baker and just said man he is what he does for the clone wars is absolutely incredible but this time around the emotion the stakes were high mm-hmm. it was nuts
1: What'd you think about that Ahsoka mall fight scene in a previous episode? Because that that was everybody was real excited about it. It was real hyped up.
0: Yeah, and that it was.
1: W- it lived up to every dream possible.
0: And that was acted out by actual actors. Yeah, you actually got yeah. Ray Park.
1: We got motion cap.
0: Of Ray Park.
1: Of actual Ray, you can you could tell it looked. It was like they let him design his own like choreographed sequence, told him, this is where you're going to be. Go do some cool shit. <laughs> and he just did his thing. It was yeah. awesome. You could definitely tell it was him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it was fantastic. Um, I think the scene where he finally got caught, Darth Maul got caught.
1: I was not expecting that. Yeah.
0: That I was, was expecting
1: him to slip away again, but then he was caught for like an episode. And I wonder if we'll see that um, force wielding prison
0: the Mandalorian uh, force-wielding yes. capture device? Yes. I wonder if we'll see that
1: again <laughs> in live-action Mandalorian.
0: I don't know. This is the last one. It's probably going to be real beat up by the time Mandalorian... Is happening
1: right, but someone definitely could have excavated it from that machine and that's that from the, the crashed ship, the wreckage, the wreckage, and it that someone definitely would have been Sidious, so he's probably got it tucked away somewhere.
0: Interesting that you say that because that wreckage was explored by Darth Vader at the end of that episode, yeah. And um, but I don't know that what he found there when in, upon finding Ahsoka's lightsaber, there I think is a little more along the lines of something that Darth Vader would keep secret from Sidious. Mm-hmm. Because his job at that point was to go out and... I- I'm going to go ahead and say maybe it's a year later. It, yeah. Like, this is a young empire that we're seeing at the end of Clone Wars. And he and that's just a guess. It could, it could be as many years as, as anyone wants it to be, honestly. But he goes there, and that's the sort of thing when he's learning about... It, it's that somber Vader where he's got that dark side in him, and I'm not talking about the dark side of the Force. He's got that sad side where where he's just sitting there thinking about about Padme, and he's thinking, probably doesn't know anything about Luke yet, but he's thinking about all of his attachments. Mm-hmm. His life before he became Darth Vader.
1: Yeah, that's all still on his mind. And then he finds the lightsaber. Yes. But I feel like to hide something like that from Sidious, you need something else to cover it up with and make it more believable. So I'm sure he found other interesting artifacts from the wreckage and that Mando device would have been a great one to get Sidious's attention. Not giving up on it. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. I I think that's interesting. Yeah. That's certainly something that I would like to see again. Um, Would doubt it though, because of the timeline, but that's, that's very interesting. Now, Eden, um, there was a lot of, of uh, impact, or it, like they basically tried to make it seem like Ahsoka could not kill any clones throughout this.
1: Uh huh. And that takes a lot of power and restraint. She's amazing.
0: She is amazing. Um, one hundred percent agree. Definitely love Ahsoka. But I have to sit there and sit here and point something out. While Ahsoka was sitting there deflecting shots, and and Rex was u- utilizing. The um stun blasts. Yes. She was just she was just deflecting. Right. Right. That was not going back at her. But when she when Order Sixty Six was first initiated, and I'm gonna wa- I really want to go back and make sure that I'm not wrong about this. And I'm hoping that I'm wrong about this, but she deflected set to kill bolts back on clones and hit them in the chest. Oh wow. I saw two. Okay. Those clones died. They were not they were set to kill.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They were not. Order 66 does not call for stun Mm -hmm. blasts.
1: But I mean, they're wearing armor. Maybe. maybe, I mean, she's hoping that those ones will recover. But then, of course, they all crash and die anyway.
0: I'm hoping that I'm wrong. Yes. Yes. You're absolutely right about that. They all do crash and die at that point. But even though they knew that that was going to they saw that that was going to happen when she realized they were heading to that moon. At that point, she's like, "Well, I'm not going to be the one that causes their death."
1: Right. She was doing everything she could to not, not cause that.
0: Can I throw another thing at you, real quick? Sure. And this is also another reason why I've just—I was literally uh, just before we started recording this, I was laying on my bed, staring at, like, st- st- like uh, upside down on the bed, just staring at my Star Wars action figures, just lost in deep thought because this episode also gave me pause. In regards to Ahsoka and that decision to not do that. And I hate to point this out. And this is some real certain point of view stuff. But I I want you and I want the listeners to really consider this. Because this is what we do with Star Wars. We really consider. Would you say that Ahsoka is still responsible for all of their deaths? Because the hyperdrive being uh, shut down was caused by Maul. And Maul was just a device used by Ahsoka. A distraction, right? Then she said, "Go, go, cause chaos."
1: Um, No, I really think that everything is actually Sidious's fault. <laughs> it's it's just him. That's <laughs> it, really what I think.
0: But the, so, the, yeah, yeah. If what, you
1: think it, and I see what you're trying to say, but it's
0: an ethical conversation.
1: It's it's all Palpatine's fault.
0: It is. It is all Palpatine's and, fault. Uh,
1: I know that Ahsoka made her decision, and Maul makes his decision, and. They decided to take him on the ship, and then she decided to release him. But Sidious orchestrated the entire thing, and none of those clones would exist or would have died without Sidious.
0: Ultimately, it's his fault. I really thank you for that, because that kind of assuages all of my fears. Because that's what I was sitting there thinking about. That's what I was going through. She caused
1: the death of all those clones that Maul killed, right?
0: And in my mind, that's what I was thinking but no, you've, you've sat there and you've made it better for me. This was mm-hmm. all Darth Sidious. 100%. Okay, I feel a lot better. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> thank I, the maker.
1: <laughs> can I bring up a totally mundane point about Ahsoka? Absolutely. So in the first half of the series, she's wearing her like jumpsuit outfit, and it's great. And she's got that very plain headband. And then in the second half of the series, her and Bo-Katan have matching headbands. Did you notice that their headbands matched?
0: I did not notice but I did notice her little headband. I thought it was kind of cool with
1: the little gold stripes on each side. Yeah. Bo-Katan also has a headband with little gold stripes on each side and the same little gold stripes on the shoulders of her mando uniform.
0: Very interesting.
1: Yeah, the same. So when Ahsoka got outfitted in her in her new stuff, she got it from Bo-Katan.
0: It's possible. I wonder
1: Oh no, she 100% did. She's wearing she's wearing mando stuff that they outfitted for Ahsoka, like that is clearly the same kind of headband uh, in front of her, her headtails as Bo-Katan has in her hair.
0: Very interesting. I'm gonna yep. take a closer look at that, and thank you for. Pointing I've been that staring out.
1: at that for the past <laughs> three episodes. It's just like I'm not wrong, am I? I'm not wrong. Nope, they're the same. It's so cute. <laughs> uh, cosplayer things.
0: We got a lot of really good Bo-Katan stuff going on in there, and um, all of those. I don't know what else to call them. I kept calling them mall DeLoreans.
1: <laughs> it's really good.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. I'm they look sure so cool,
1: but they're so terrible. They're yes. such terrible people, but they look amazing.
0: Gar Saxon's helmet. I to know. Me, like that's a figure I want. <laughs>
1: uh, I want that actual helmet. <laughs> yeah,
0: that would be pretty cool. I want to say something else about this. Um, I know we didn't have too much time and we didn't know how long we were going to talk about this as an initial reaction, but I got to say, Everything that Maul touches is some of the best Star Wars ever, in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. I think when you've got things in Rebels, like The Twilight of the Apprentice Part 1 and 2, we've gone on record on the podcast before and said that we thought that 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 stood up against some of the greatest Star Wars movies of all. Yes. Some of the best Star Wars storytelling ever. And it's still we're still just like 30 to 45 minutes away at this point. From when we just watched the Clone Wars finale, but I think every time that Clone Wars has its logo embossed in red, I think that it has the opportunity to be some of the best Star Wars storytelling. Period. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that?
1: I I agree, and I hope people talk about it a lot, and I hope that everyone who's a Star Wars fan who has not watched Rebels goes to watch Rebels, um, so they can get more more mall, because. I mean, his, plus his performance is just absolutely outstanding. Like, you can't talk about Maul without talking about how incredible Sam Witwer is. Like, how is he even a human? Like, he did crazy Maul in this. He was, like, on the cusp of becoming sort of uh, sane and focused and serious Maul. But he also still had that crazy Maul in him. You could see it in his eyes and his soliloquies and monologues and such. You could hear it. Like He used the same crazy mall voice from years and years ago from Clone Wars and Rebels. <laughs> he just brought it back. No
0: problem. It's incredible. The um, voice the voice talent that they found to play all these characters, whether it's Sam Witwer, James Arnold Taylor, Matt Lanner, it's all incredible. All incredible.
1: So yeah, I loved it. It was great. We'll watch again soon.
0: Must watch again soon. Yes. So thank you for that. Thank you for joining me uh, to kind of You've really, honestly, like I said it before, you've really assuaged all of my fears about Ahsoka. Like, it was just, I I love Ahsoka.
1: Hearing Sidious from, uh, hearing actual Ian McDermott in that one episode and hearing Hayden Christensen's voice brought it all back. Yes, this is an enormous century-spanning plot by the most evil Sith ever. So, yeah, it's, it's really just his fault. There is no one else to blame.
0: There is no one else to blame. It is a truly, truly tragic story. And, um, yeah, I think I'm going to need some more time. I'm glad that we recorded this on a Sunday afternoon uh, because that's going to give me a couple more days to kind of really just
1: let the juices
0: fester (laughs) a little bit. Lay
1: awake in bed and think about Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, you know, the nightly deal.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Eden. Yeah,
1: thanks. thanks for chatting with me. It was good. I'm going to take these these tiny baby Yotas back now and put them back on the mantle where they belong.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, it's time to get back to the regular show. See ya. And with that, a couple of days have passed. And the exclamation point that is the final arc of Clone Wars Season 7 is still at the forefront of my mind. There's a lot to think about still when it comes to Ahsoka's decision-making, as well as the what-could-have-beens. You know the stuff. The Marvel what-ifs that creep their way into our minds. But let's just trust the storytelling here and be real about something. Ahsoka is an amazing character. Uh, She's one of my favorite characters, but that doesn't mean that Ahsoka is perfect. And I'm not talking about the creative execution here. I'm talking about her as a person. She's flawed. And that's part of what makes her so relatable, I think. Watching her growth and fall throughout the series has been an amazing experience. But the poor girl's headspace is likely marred by those what-ifs. You know, luckily for us, our story continues in E.K. Johnston's Ahsoka. Now, since we started this podcast, everyone who has come on here, whether Clone Wars has come up, or it's either Ahsoka or the clones, you know, being the main draw of the show. Uh, you heard me earlier gushing about D. Bradley Baker and what went on with the clones in the final arc. It really hit me hard. You know, Rex pulling through Order 66 was something that we all knew was going to happen as, as fans of Rebels, but seeing him fight it, phew his arm shaking with the blasters in hand the voice trembling underneath the helmet as he's fighting back those tears yeah guys and we saw him falling freely when ahsoka takes off his helmet it's enough to almost bring me to tears just thinking about it but holy crap guys the clone's perspective both with and without chip has now been explored even further than five's story Now, I haven't watched it again since we finished it, but man, what an impact, guys. Now, one thing that tells me that this is some top tier Star Wars is how badly that it made me want figures of what I was seeing. You know what I'm saying? I want an Echo figure so bad. And how about those awesome droids that look like a Dilophosaurus? Like, you guys know what I'm talking about? Well,. At least the Jurassic Park's rendition of what a Dilophosaurus, or a spitter, if you will, look like. But then the damn things flew! It was also really cool seeing more of the pikes, And I admit, I didn't really like the Martez sisters very much. They just kind of annoyed me, like, much at the same time like as they would in real life. But then again, they're living a life with different motivations than I do, so maybe I just don't understand. You know, like, just because I don't like a character doesn't mean that they're bad characters either, by the way. So, let me know what you guys thought, and maybe I can get a new perspective on them. Comlink, C-O-M-L-I-N-K, at jamtransmissions.com. At this point, I still keep circling around Ahsoka in the final arc. See, to me, it feels like a complicated situation here. And it's, it's all just really, really sad. And I really ought to watch them a few more times before I say any more than what we had covered already. But guys, this reminds me of something else. Speaking of how sad the events surrounding Order 66 were, I'm going to take us in a different direction real quick. So, longtime listeners have heard this story before. In fact, it's a story I told 65 episodes ago about when my mom took me to see The Phantom Menace in theaters 21 years ago to this very day that I'm recording the podcast I mean wow what are the odds of that you know (laughs) but do you guys remember what happened that day well there I was loving everything about what I was seeing watching the Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn place all of his hope in a little boy now all we knew at this point was that there was pod racing on Malastare and that he was the only human that could do it And then we got to see one of the coolest parts of the movie. The moment where we would see this dangerous form of racing. And I'll never forget when they fired up the engine. Oh, guys, the theater rumbled. I can still feel the pods going in my chest, just like when I was 12 years old. You could feel it. And I'm having the time of my life watching this race, guys. And at the moment, just thinking that there was nothing else cooler in the entire galaxy. And I looked over to see my mom's reaction. She wasn't smiling. She wasn't surprised. She wasn't pushed to the back of her seat like I was either. No. She was out cold. Snoring. (laughs) My mom slept in the pod race. (laughs) I don't remember when she woke up or what she remembered. But 21 years later, my mom suddenly told me that she wanted to watch The Phantom Menace again. She's always supported me and my brother's love of Star Wars, but maybe just didn't understand it all. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I never ever felt like she didn't care. It just wasn't really her cup of tea at the time, you know? So there we were, last week on the phone, and figuring out how to get Disney Plus pulled up on the TV, and it was the moment of truth. I had only to wait another 24 hours before I figured out what she thought, and I wasn't expecting too much, honestly. I've had the topic of, you know, what order do you watch Star Wars in, come up with a lot of people both new and familiar to the fandom. And one thing I thought in particular is that watching them all in chronological order for the first time probably wasn't going to be the best, mainly because that's not how I saw it. But what do I know? Guys, she absolutely loved it. Everything about it. She couldn't believe that she fell asleep back then, but let's face it, it was a Wednesday, and even I have a hard time seeing movies on a work day now, so I can't really blame her. So then she said that she wanted to see what happened next, because she wanted to know the connection between Anakin and Luke Skywalker. Oh, now I was excited then, guys. My mom didn't know that Anakin was Luke's father. And by that, that means that she didn't know that he turned into Darth Vader. No, just so much stuff. So then she watched Attack of the Clones. Now, her reaction was a little bit different this time around. She wasn't too fond of this one, mainly because she thought that Anakin was cast wrong in this movie. She absolutely insisted that it should have been Justin Bieber. I was like, baby, baby, baby oh, like, baby, 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 no, like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> now, there were some other criticisms, too. Now, she said that the factory scene felt like an episode of Ninja Warrior, which is actually pretty damn funny. Um, so I was a bit concerned that she was going to be lost after this one. But then she started asking questions about Luke and Laura. Yes, from General Hospital. The desire was still there, and she was ready to see Revenge of the Sith, you know, so she could see what that boy with the terrible tantrums was going to do next. <laughs> she couldn't stop talking about his. He's so moody. <laughs> so, a day passes by, and I call my mom up. Our conversation is casual, you know, about the weather and whatnot, what we had for lunch, you know. So I expected that she hadn't watched the movie after all. But then I heard a sour note in her voice. and So i concerned. I, I said, Mom, are, are you okay? I, I'm her son. I, I could tell that something was bothering her. And guys, my poor mother burst into tears saying things about how it didn't need to happen like that and stuff like that. And I I, honestly, I I couldn't really understand her. I didn't know what was going on. I was ready in an instant to try and fix whatever had gone wrong, but I needed to know what happened first. So I slowed her down, telling her that I didn't understand. And then she said, the movie! (laughs) Why did it have to happen like that? (laughs) Oh, Oh, and then I understood. She was crying about Revenge of the Sith. Guys, I don't know how else to explain this other than saying that she was inconsolable. She said that it was horrible what happened. That it was so terrible for Anakin and Padme that none of it need to have happened. The fall of Anakin Skywalker hit my mom so hard that the very next day I brought up Star Wars again, she got choked up again. I felt terrible. But golly, that's the sign of a good story right there, guys. And what a tragedy it was. Order 66 and everyone's lives that were touched in the aftermath of that. And guys, here's the worst part of all of this. She asked me what the next movie was. Well, she doesn't have Netflix, so Solo is out for now, and that just leaves... Oh, God. Rogue One. Shit! My poor mother. I just told her to give it a few days. I'll let you know what happens next, guys, but I don't think this is going to be very pretty. Well, guys, that's going to be it for today. The only other bit of news that we got today was that IGN released the first chapter of the upcoming Poe Dameron book this August. So hopefully you check that out. I want to know what you thought about it, and I know I've been getting a lot of reading in in preparation for all the awesome books that we've got coming out soon, so definitely let me know what you've been reading, or maybe rereading in preparation. I'm definitely going to be doing a little bit of book talk next week. Um, I also want to know what you thought about Season 7 of Clone Wars, as well as how you've been enjoying the Disney Gallery Mandalorian series. Now, that last episode had me falling in love with Gina Carano even more than before, and I'm sure a lot of you felt the same way. Now, here's something else. Let me know your relationship with your parents in Star Wars. Now, I know that some of you have shared your fandom with them in some form or another through the years, but let me know if you've got a good story to share. All voicemails and emails should be directed to comlink, C-O-M-L-I-N-K, at jamtransmissions.com. And you know what, guys? It doesn't matter how far back any of these questions are asked. If you feel like you want to talk about them two weeks from now, three weeks, or literally anything that comes to mind, send them my way and we'll get to chatting on the show. That's comlink, C-O-M-L-I-N-K at jamtransmissions.com. So you can also follow the show and see what kind of stuff I'm up to on Twitter at JT comlink. So hit me up with some comlink chatter, guys. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And I'm wishing you the very best Star Wars day yet. I hope you've had fun hanging out with me. But that's it for episode 66. See you next week, guys. And as always, may the Force be with you. The
1: time has come. Execute Order 66. Yes, (laughs) my (laughs) lord.